let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. And we are Where is the Rulebook? We're going to bring you a weekly board game walkthrough for your lunch break or daily commute. This season one of Where is the Rulebook? We'll be focusing on games to get you started in the world of board gaming or just any staple for a game night. We will be walking you through the rulebooks of some of the most loved board games known by all. In today's episode, we introduce a new game. We'll give you some general information about it. Then we'll talk about how you win, what it takes to set it up, actions each player can take per turn, and what causes the game to come to an end. We have laid out a few examples that you will see when playing the game, and we're gonna play those through with you. Then we'll get a little more personal, talk about our strategies, our opinions of the game, and if we recommend you guys picking this game up. For today's game, will the merchants get their goods past the sheriff? Nottingham is a bustling market filled with mostly legal goods from the kingdom. Which merchant can bribe and lie to get the most goods in today's game of Sheriff of Nottingham? We'll be playing the second edition, which has some updated rules and the expansions from the first game. On the box, this game takes about 60 minutes, and the number of players is three to six. It is best with either five or six players. And this can be classified as a bribery, card drafting, hand management, or set collection game. Now where's the rule book? Let's begin with what's in the box. When you open it, you'll find you'll have good cards made up of legal and contraband goods, gold coins with varying values, sheriff standee, merchant stands and bags of different colors, a few additional items if you play with six people, and some items for additional rules like the royal goods. And the rulebook. And to set this game up, each player will take a merchant bag, a stand, and place them in front of them. And you choose a player to be a banker. Then that player will give themselves and every other player 50 gold. And unlike Monopoly, the banker must keep their money separate from the bank. The basic game recommends for the first few games, you do not play with the royal good cards, and you can add those in later. Shuffle all the good cards, dealing six to each player, and place the rest face down. The player with the most actual money on them becomes the sheriff. You give that player the sheriff standee. And if you're playing with three or six players, make sure you check the rule book because there's some different setups and a different rules. Now that the board is set up, let's talk about what you actually do in this game. This game is played over a series of rounds where one player will act as the sheriff and the others as merchants. Each round is divided into five phases played in this order. You have the market, load merchant bag, declaration, inspection, and then the end of round. For phase one, we have the market phase. The sheriff picks a starting player, then goes around clockwise to talk to each merchant. Players may discard up to five cards, drawing back up to six. And if you take cards in the discard pile, you have to take them in the exact order they are in the pile. Then place your discarded cards in the discard pile. Phase two is the load merchant bags. Each merchant will load their bags with the items that they are going to try to bring into the market. It's important not to let other players see what you place in your merchant bag as they're going to try to hurt you later in the game. And then phase three is the declaration phase. You will then tell the sheriff what you plan to bring to the market. You may and you are encouraged to lie and bring different items in, but you must be truthful on the number of items that you're bringing and you must only declare one legal type of good. So you cannot say you're bringing apples and bread, not saying that you can't have those two things in your bag. Then we have phase four, the inspections. This is everyone's favorite part of the game. It's the most meat. During this step, the sheriff will decide what bags to inspect and, what's to, and which ones to let pass. 
they may inspect any number of bags. This could be all of them or none of them. If the sheriff decides to inspect your bag, you open it up. And if the merchant lied, that merchant pays a fine to the sheriff, but gets to keep any of the cards that did match what they said. If the merchant was telling the truth, the sheriff pays the merchant for wasting their time. As the sheriff, you may threaten the merchants with inspections. And as the merchants, you may bribe the sheriff to not look into your bag. Only if the bribe is accepted does the sheriff receive the bribe. All players will participate in this part of the negotiation. If your bribe or bag is accepted, it gets handed back to the merchant. Once all bags are back or inspected, you can then open your bags displaying all legal goods and placing the illegal goods face down on your player card. Some bribe options are gold, legal, or contraband from your stand. If the sheriff accepts your bribe, you must pay it. You cannot lie about the bribe you are giving. However, you can cheat the system by offering a bribe such as one apple from the bag. And if you have no apples, you don't have to pay. You also do not have to uphold future favors that you offer. And the last phase is phase five, and that's going to be the end of round. And if all the players have been the sheriff three times, and this is for a three-person game, or two times in a four- or five-player game, ends immediately. Otherwise, the player who's the sheriff passes the sheriff standee to the player to their left. That player will be the sheriff for the next round. All players now draw back up from the draw pile back to six cards. And like I said a minute ago, if the game is going to end because the sheriff has been passed around enough times, then we're going to start scoring. The value of all goods you have in your merchant stand, legal and contraband, are added up, as well as any coins you have. And then you will count up the king and queen bonuses. This is being for each legal type of good, there will be a king and a queen bonus. If you have the most of that good, you get the king bonus. If you have the second most, you get the queen bonus. And if two players are tied for the same amount of points, the player with the most legal goods wins. If there's still a tie, then the player with the most contraband goods win. If there's still a tie, you share the victory. And continuing with the, like that we have for the past few episodes, instead of playing a few basic turns, we've kind of staged a few turns to go over. And so right now we are about to declare our goods. It's going to be Joe declaring goods, myself, one of our made-up people named James, and then Jack is going to be a made-up sheriff, and we're going to go through all of them. So let's get started with those. Uh, in my bag... Sheriff, I declare I have three apples. And for my declare, I'm going to say I have two apples also. And our made-up person is declaring... Three cheeses. Three cheeses. And as the sheriff, they're going to start debating. And because I have apples and Joe has apples, I'm going to try to convince the sheriff that Joe's lying. And Joe might do the same for me. And so because there's a lot of apples out there, I'm trying to tell the sheriff that he's probably not going to want to accept Joe's and try to convince him to look at it. So here's the thing, sheriff. I'm going to give you three gold. And you're not going to look in my bag. Seems questionable, sheriff. Like, why is this honest merchant trying to give you money not to look? I mean, you can look in my bag. I have two apples. You can look in it. All right. It's fine. Oh. I don't know what you're trying to do here but I believe I said five gold to not look at my bag. I have to pay the five. Yeah, so the, the sheriff is going to accept that bribe. And because I was trying to convince him to open it, he's decided to open my bag. And he's also going to accept our made-up person. But the made-up person is also going to offer up one cheese from the stand that he has. And the sheriff's going to accept that because he also has quite a few cheese on his stand. So he's trying to push up to that. 
king bonus of the cheese. So the, the sheriff's going to accept your five gold. You get your bag back. The sheriff is accepting uh, the one cheese from our made-up player. And then for me, he's going to open my bag, and we're going to see if I actually have two apples. And sure enough, I have an apple. But then I have something else in there that I wasn't supposed to have. <laughs> so I was trying to cheat by him. I don't know how that wine got in that bag. I swear I did not put it in there. But the sheriff did look at my bag, so I get to keep my apple. And I have to pay the sheriff now for gold because he did find contraband. And then you will open up your bag. And any legal goods that are correct, you'll put on face up any contraband goods you put face down and that is basically how the inspection phase goes obviously there'll be a lot more talking when there's actually a group of people and so usually right now we would talk about strategy joe but i think we're gonna i'm gonna skip over that for just a second and just talk about the game overall what do you think of this game as a social deduction type of larger group game there are a lot of games that have a similar not bribing, but a similar like deception factor that you that you play on. But I think this does a really good job of being that very solid, family-friendly. I, I hate to use the word entry because I don't think it's a very I don't think it's an entry-level game. Yeah. But I think it's a real solid game that gets you a lot of like that. Let's just keep saying bribe, right? It gets you that bribe feel where it gets you that negotiation. That's the word I'm looking for. Where it makes you have to interact with players at the same time to try and like, oh, I might be bribing, but they are, they might or may not be, but I want the focus on them. So it's, it's, it's a fun play. Yeah. And I think they did it well. Cause I feel like a lot of the social deduction games and we've talked about it in the past. Uh, it's just kind of, they start turning into like who can yell the loudest kind of gets yeah. their way. And I feel like with the sheriff rotating around and like, the, the limited number of rounds. Cause I feel like a lot of the social deduction games kind of tend to drag on. Uh, so with this one only having, you know, two or three rounds, it's, it, it does it really well. It's like solid and you can lie and bribe your way into it. You also can play truthfully, but like at the same time, you can't just be, you, there's no way to be silent in this game. Yeah. What you see in a lot of the social deduction games is that, you know, someone who maybe isn't as confident or isn't as outgoing just kind of sits in the corner and plays the game with everyone, but they're not really doing anything in those games. And that's what I like about this game, especially the inspection phase, which is, you know, the heart of it, is it forces everyone at one time to be like, okay, yeah, please don't look at my bag. <laughs> And everyone's like, yes, look at his bag. Yeah. And it's cool that everyone knows who the sheriff is, who's going to be the sheriff next. Yeah. Because like in other games, you don't know who, let's like, who the, who the, I don't even, I don't know a good word without saying who the werewolf is and trying not to talk about yeah. werewolves, but like, you don't know who the person is that you are trying to play with or against all the time. And so there's like no way to like get that communication going so like this time i know you're gonna be the sheriff for at least two rounds so like i can work like with making you trust me so i can try to dip more stuff in without you feeling like i'm taking advantage of you <laughs> and it goes the other way too right because if you're the sheriff and someone you know messes with you and 
gets away with it and gets you angry, then you can be like, okay, fine. On my turn, I'm looking at your bag. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's cool that there's rules on what you can bribe. Like, I think it's really cool that you have to pay them the gold or the items from your stand or from the bag. And then it's cool that there's a way to kind of cheat around that too. Like with the, I have four apples and really I have no apples. I'll give you two of them if you don't look at my bag and you're like, oh, sweet, two apples. Obviously, you won't be able to do that more than one time. Yeah. Hopefully once throughout the game, you can kind of trick that one in. No, the so we played the second edition and the limiting factors that they've introduced really help. Yeah, I never played the first edition, but you did. And you, when I got this second edition, you were like, eh, I don't really like that game. <laughs> like, it's not, like, it, there's, there's no good way to do it because they didn't have some of the rules in place. And I think you were telling me, like, before the sheriff could just ex- inspect or not inspect anyone's bag and there was no penalty. There was, like, a fine, but there was a way to get around it. And it's been a while since I played the first edition, obviously, because the second is way better. And the difference between the second and the first editions essentially is the expansions. They The second edition includes the expansion. Because having played the first edition, it just it was missing out. And I was just like, well, there was really... The, the, the heart of the game was, if I just didn't lie ever, I would just win. I would just bet a whole bunch, never lie, and I usually just won. But I like that the second edition creates all those variables. And now there's better. Like I could do the same thing, but I'm not guaranteed because someone who just lies once can triple their value. Yeah, it's true. You can you can play the honest route and do pretty well, especially if you are able to do that. And then maybe the very last time, you know, throw in a crossbow or something. So I want to go back to the strategies real quick. When you're playing this game as either the merchant or the sheriff, do you have a strategy when you play? As the merchants, I will try to be very honest in the early part of the game. In the middle of the game is when I try to push my luck a little bit. And then towards the end of the game, when there's only a few rounds left, brutally honest. (laughs) I won't ever lie about it. I'll tell you I have one apple, like... I just don't want anything negative to happen because it was so close to the end of the game. Being that we know how many rounds there are, like I can play it that way. And it, it usually works out pretty well. I don't I mean I don't win every time, but I can get, you know, I'm within the top of the team or the players. How about you? As the merchant, so I'll stay on that. I do have one strategy, and that is the bribing. You can kind of cheat the system if you put just a lot of goods and contraband in your bag that are worth a lot. What I'm trying to say is they're worth a lot. And bribe like a quarter or half the amount. And it may seem kind of silly to be like, I'm going to give you 10 gold. <laughs> Don't look at my bag. But at the end, I'm going to double that. Do you, will you ever put that 10 gold on something that's truthful in your so, bag? Because like thinking as a sheriff... If someone's offering me 10 gold to not look at the bag, the first thing I'm thinking is like, I'm not looking at that person's bag. They clearly are lying about what's in there. <laughs> it can backfire. It depends on who you're playing with. And it's not something that you can just do like consistently, but it's knowing when to bribe. I think knowing when to bribe and as the sheriff, knowing when to inspect, that's the key. That's what makes it so great is because everything's blind. 
it's a it's a little bit of luck, right? Yeah. I wonder So the part that isn't blind is I know that you are the green player offering mm-hmm. three apples and off topic from what we're just talking about, but I wonder if there's a way to do that part to keep that blind, like the double blind test that you would do in uh, chemistry. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you could only because then you can't inspect the right bag. Maybe like in the bag, you have a player card. Like everyone's bag is the same. Oh, maybe. And yeah. each player puts their player card in a bag. Cause then like, then you as, don't know which one you get back. At, but you have to open them all. I mean, then you'd see that. Yeah. I guess I want to work again. That's It'd be a fun I'm house not, rule. Why I'm not a game designer. I guess <laughs> there's so many faults already, but yeah. So as the sheriff, what do you do? Oh, as a sheriff, uh, I focus on one key aspect. And that is the discard. I watch people when I'm the sheriff. I I don't care what you put in the bag and stuff because I, I have friends that are so straight faced when we play this game that it's like not even like I can't yeah. I can't read you because like I'm very I'm very visual so I'll be like I have four apples and I <laughs> but um I'll watch what you discard if you discard five cards. And then you draw five cards. Odds are, like, not putting four in the bag. You're not putting four. That's true. That's a good. I don't think I've ever looked at that. And that's a good way to watch it. And that's that's what I tend to go with. And then I'm just like, okay, there's no like odds. I play the odds. That's just my only real strategy. Uh, What about you? Anything you do consistently? I really, as a sheriff, I will question those big bribes. Tend to not take them, hoping for the payout the other way. It, I mean, it definitely can and will backfire at least a few times on you throughout the game. And I feel like as a sheriff, I try to build the like relationship with the merchant, knowing that this merchant is going to be the sheriff next. Like, I know I have three crossbows or something. Like, how am I going to make sure this guy <laughs> doesn't look at my bag, even when I'm the sheriff? So that's kind of what I probably think of the most. I like the idea of the discard pile. I've never even looked at that really. Oh, it's a it's a solid way to play, and I think I'm ruining it for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. I also like as the merchant. I didn't bring it up. I love the changing your what you're bringing halfway through, and like making everyone think that you don't really know what you have in your bag, and that makes them start questioning it. But knowing what you actually put in there, like so I start <laughs> off by saying three apples, and you guys start yelling about whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I have three bread. And like, wait, you said apple? No, I said bread the whole time. <laughs> And I actually have bread, but, like, I knew that I was lying in the beginning. And so it's kind of fun just to, like, play that. I've never done that, but that sounds, like, fun. Because you just have to, like, it, the people have to be paying attention. That's true. If, if no one's paying attention, you can change your thing five times, and <laughs> no one even saw it. But if you change it when they're paying attention, people will start questioning, like, wait, you just said that you had apples, and now you're bread? Like, what do you... What do you even know what you have? You're like, did I say apples? I don't Maybe I do have apples. No, I think it's bread. <laughs> and then they look at it like, oh, yep, it's all bread. Sorry. <laughs> when it comes down to it, what I think makes this game such a, a high tier value is the price to what you're getting. And for how many people can play it. Yeah. What is it? $40 MSRP and you can play with six people and all have a good time playing it. Yep. It's hard to find games that are good for, you know, six or plus people for sure that 
Oh, yeah. Not just a basic card game, because that's what you start running into. Most of them that are really good, they'll sell you like a $30 expansion after you bought the $60 game. Yeah, and this, I believe the sixth player was an expansion to the first edition, yeah. and then they just included it in the second edition. Well, they don't, even, they don't even sell the first one anymore. The second's, I think, the same price as when the first came out. So it's just of good value. Yeah. Pieces are really nice, too. I mean, overall, like thick cardboard, the standees are nice. The player mats are really nice. They're very colorful. I like that the coins are not just different values, but different sizes. Yeah. You do like the sizes of coins. You've talked about that before. Because it's easy. Because uh, I hate when things are the same. Because then I'll <laughs> pick the wrong things all the time. But when they're different sizes and colors, I'm just like, it just feels nicer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. And the merchant bags are really nice. Like, I wish the horrified bag felt like this instead of that weird like <laughs> i don't even know what material Belt. that bag was <laughs> like but this bag feels really nice i feel like the clasp the like, button is overkill but it's still like it's nice to have it there like it's not a bad overkill just on a you know i don't remember the first one i think the first one was a string i could be uh, i could be misremembering that but i think the first one was a string that you like wrapped around okay but i could see why they would change that because i could see like the cards almost like a drawstring or like a tie it was a tie string like you had to like wrap it around like a drawstring i could see the cards getting bent over time but that's not what it is i may be misremembering that to something else but the bags were different between the two versions for sure i like that this one also i think there's two or three it comes with two or three rule changes so you play it a few times then you start adding the royal goods you play it a few more times you start adding the deputies stuff like that the so black it, market it lets you you know play it more and more and still have fun with it i like that the box has dividers i feel like it's been out for a little while and there's a lot of room for cards in this box and i don't think that there's very many expansions that fill that box like i think there's two Ooh, I don't expansions out. I don't even know if that's right, but I there's, think there's Merry two. Men and then there's the Law one. Yeah, I don't know about any others. So like, I, there's just so much space. Like, I don't know if they were expecting, but like, it's it's on a bunch of lists for like the top social type of games. So it's surprising that there's not more options to buy more cards. I mean, I mean, there could be. I've not done that far of a deep dive into the the lore and the depth of this game to know if there's more expansions on the way but the room for growth is not bad yeah no they fit nice and even if even they are you know half full they still they work nice in the box uh that all being said if you're gonna get this game just go for the second edition uh, oh yeah the first edition if you have it the merry man the merry men expansion is like the go-to it's the one i plan on getting for mine but I haven't touched it since the second edition is readily available within my friend group. But yeah, and and for forty bucks, like I said, for I mean, even if you don't have six players very often, you can play this and have a good time with three or four, which is a more common, you know, type of game night size, at least for us. And so it's nice because I like some of the other ones. And we're going to talk about it later in the season. But Captain Sonar, playable up to eight. But, like, it's almost only playable with, like, six or eight people, and it's hard to get that many people together, and especially in times like now. But Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and this game walkthrough. And if it's been a while, I'd recommend grabbing this one off the shelf and playing it again in a game night soon. For upcoming episodes, we'll be opening the rulebook and a few more staples, like Tiny Epic Galaxies and Forbidden Island. Check back every Wednesday for new episodes. You can find our page on Instagram at Where is the Rulebook. 
or email us at whereistherulebook at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This season is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball, airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community to enjoy all of our hobbies. But all of these games are either owned by one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off the featured board game each month just by mentioning Where is the Rulebook? And a huge thank you to John Ransom for making our theme song and the music you listen to while we're playing the game. And if you love that song as much as we do, check out Jack Pine for more music with John. Thanks for playing.